Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio Show 152. Today's show is brought to you by Get Healthy Now with Candace. Get Healthy Now with Candace, connecting people with plants to transform lives. If you are looking for good, healthy, natural strategies for dealing with your health care concerns or preventing health care concerns from arising, you want to contact Candace at GetHealthyNowWithCandace.com. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a free integrated health clinic in Springfield, Oregon. We're at a new location, 1717 Centennial Street in both suites 4 and 7. You can contact us at 501c3clinic at occupy-medical.org. And Hunter Creation, graphic design and website designers. They have a business starter package that includes a logo, a thousand business cards, a four-page website, hosting for a year, and an email. All for just thirteen ninety seven. Content th- contact them at information at huntercreation.com. Show is also brought to you by Sue Sierra Lupe Consulting. Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting is open for business, and I am a certified clinical herbalist. I offer in-home and distance consultations, custom formulations, holistic care in conjunction with existing diagnosis or medication. You can contact me at Sue at thepracticalherbalist.org. Or is it .org? .com. It's .com. I was just kidding. There might be an herb for that. <laughs> and brought to you by ASI Heat Graphics. It's fall and it's a time for team sports and team events, and things that are happening for the school year. Contact them for all your jersey and group needs. They can decorate anything from jerseys to t-shirts to hats. You name it, they can do it for you. Contact them at sales at acehighheatgraphics.com. And now, on with the show. Trauma is part of the human experience, one we often struggle to recover from for decades. Mother Nature has always offered us medicine for healing through the plant people. Today we're talking about healing through trauma and sexual trauma with Amanda Dilday, author of Flowers for a Girl, teacher, and founder of Al Camilla's School of Embodied Herbalism. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Welcome to our show, Amanda. Really, Hi, thank you. It's lovely to have you back. <laughs> well, I enjoyed our last conversation. I know. <laughs> I can I enjoy said... myself this time, too. Oh, good. Well, we are really looking forward to being able to talk with you about your book more this time, if you don't mind. No, I'd love to talk more about the book and the medicine. Okay, that's great. The For listeners, Amanda Dilday has a book out there called Flowers for a Girl, Plant Medicine and Sexual Trauma. And it's a unique book, and I wonder if you could um, give us a little introduction to it yourself. So it's simply a memoir, really, of my healing or at least a portion of my healing from the abuse that I experienced as a child. And it came to me as um, a series of plants. So each portion is, you know, violet, cleavers, tulip, poplar. And in that section, I tell a story, my story of what was happening and what I was seeing and remembering and the healing that was taking place while that plant was my companion and how that plant helped me move through that portion of my healing. And I do think it's important to say that um, because people might be, you know, worried, should I read this? Can I handle it? 
Um, I obviously the subject matter sexual trauma is something to approach with care, but the book is not graphic. I think that's important to say. I, I don't think I have anything in there where I say this happened or that happened. It's the focus is healing, but of course there's a lot of emotional work being done, you know, in the book, which can be heavy. But I think that's important to say that the focus is on healing and how the plants came and my story and putting it out there as story medicine. Yeah, it is. My experience was that it was a powerful, poetic journey, and I truly appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I love it that you describe it as a poetic journey because I had a writer friend. Um, I asked her if she would read portions of it for me. You know, because I'm just immersed in it and right. I, I can't mm-hmm. step away from it for yeah. so many reasons. <laughs> well, she was reading it and she kept telling me I, I couldn't say this and I shouldn't say that and I needed to change this. And some parts of it, you know, what she said were helpful, but some parts of it I thought she doesn't understand what I'm trying to do. Because yeah. as I was writing, I was speaking it. And so it had to sound a certain way. Like yeah. there had to be a rhythm to the words. and um, and I wasn't really consciously thinking poetic or poetry, but I, I realized at some point with her that there was a poetry there and she was focused on prose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I thought, she's not understanding. Yeah. <laughs> so I just said, thank you so much. And then I just found somebody else to help me with it. Did you add <laughs> more poetry? Telling me to take out the extra word. <laughs> yeah. Did you add more poetry to it after that? I just kept writing the way that it was coming. I didn't I didn't make all the changes that she um offered because it took away from, you know, the medicine. So I mm-hmm. just kept I kept writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the challenges in any creative project is that when you bring somebody else in to help you out, they can't see your vision mm-hmm. because you're still in the process of trying to get the vision into a form others can see. Yes. And sometimes you can't even see the whole. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, for me, I, I, I loved the fact that you used the poetic form because it, it allows you to come at the teaching from a different perspective. It's almost like stepping around the trauma and coming at it sideways so that you can truly understand the medicine. And then you can look back and see how it also applies to the trauma and they interact together in a way that actually brings light. I love how you worded that. And it made me think of a plant that's not in the book. (laughs) Um, Ah, That was my next question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It made me think of ghost pipe, which I know that, you know, there's controversy around its use, but, um, but part of what ghost pipe will help us do is to not, not feel the pain, but step, outside of it step away from it and then turn around and see it you know and look at it and what is it and what do I need to do and um, I think that you're absolutely right while I was writing this book writing it was healing the plants had come and I'm telling the stories of when the plants came and moved me through certain you know seasons but the writing itself was healing. The writing itself was having me even step outside those appointments or even step outside those moments and look at them again and 
see the medicine in them that I really wasn't able to see maybe at that moment and then get a different dose of the medicine. And it was very healing, you know, to write it. But there is definitely like, let's not hit this head on because head on Mm -hmm. is going to be too much, Yeah, you know, to write and to read. So let's come at it from a gentle, you know, a gentle way. But that's what it made me think of was ghost pipe and that, need to step out step outside of the pain and and look at it from a safe place so what is the controversy about ghost pipe well the difficulties out there with its harvesting i know you know um sean donahue has written about and others about how it's over harvested and it's it's misused and it needs to be protected and cared for and i certainly agree with um harvesting responsibly and not doing harm to those plants but i also strongly believe that when the medicine comes it comes and that it's okay to use the medicine when it comes and with this sort of thing particularly with um, trauma and particularly sexual trauma. I don't write about ghost pipe in the book. I talk about it a little in the video, but it's, I don't want to say it's essential, but I mean, it's almost essential. (laughs) (laughs) And so if it comes, then it, it comes. Um, and so, you know, I've used ghost pipe as a flower essence and I have used it as a tincture only in small amounts. Um, by those who had had it and um, wisely harvested it. And then I've also simply sat with it. I really do believe in simply sitting with the plant. So I know there's a lot of controversy there. um, And I just think we need to be responsible and listen to our hearts, but also not negate the medicine. Have you read, um, I'm sure you have, Braiding Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Hall Kimmerer? I am in yeah. the middle of listening to that and I am loving it. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. And she has this portion in there and I'm not going to get it all right, <laughs> but she's talking about sweetgrass and there was some research project that was done. But anyway, sweetgrass that wasn't harvested, sweetgrass that was over harvested, sweetgrass that was harvested a certain way. Anyway, the concern was, you know, if you take, if you take too much, you know, yeah. it. Um, different times I'm not getting all of this right you know that it will leave there won't be enough but she writes about how what they found was there was more you know that it it helped it grow and flourish and so we have to take care with certain plants you know moving forward in a presumptuous assuming way but they are here for medicine and so anyways that's a little a little diverse there but it does sound like one of the things that you're saying in this with this delicate plant that the flower essence medicine would be a great one to be focusing on because then people don't have to have the worry about harming the plant and they are still learning from the plant. And that's a, that's a really great lesson Mm -hmm. for people to learn too, is you don't, you don't have to stick everything up your nose or in your eye or in your mouth or whatever. (laughs) Sometimes you're, you know, the, the different ways of associating with things and allowing things to be is also a really important part of people's healing journey. 
Yes, it is. And with Ghost Pipe in particular for me, um, the essence I received from a friend, and I had it and I used it, but I felt like I needed to sit with Ghost Pipe. You know, but I can't go out searching all over the place. And one day on a Sunday, I went somewhere only like six minutes from my house. And sadly, I don't live out in the wild. (laughs) And it was a little, you know, it was a little um, stream. And I sat there that afternoon and I prayed, can something happen? Can something just happen before I go home? You know, Mm -hmm. can there be a feather or an animal or just something? I just, my spirit and my heart needed you know, one of those magical moments. So I sat there for like two hours, you know, and there was no fox and there was no feather that (laughs) fell out of the sky. So I started walking back to the road where my van was parked. And as I'm walking this path, it's not far from the road at all. I didn't go that far into the woods. I saw a little, a little red mushroom, you know, like a little fairy tale mushroom. I know they have a special name and it's, it's Amanita. not coming to me. Yeah. But it, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. It is. Yes. And so I, I leaned down and I thought, Oh, look how pretty. And I'm looking at it. And then suddenly I just knew Amanda look to your left. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked to my left and there was ghost pipe oh. right there on the edge of the trail, right off the road, six minutes from my house. <laughs> and I just fell onto the ground. Just so thankful. And I didn't take any, I just sat with her because yeah. just sitting was medicine, you know? Yeah. So we don't have to take, we just can listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's mm-hmm. lost in some parts of herbalism is that simply presence is healing. Yeah. I think yeah. sometimes it's hard for people to turn off their inner two-year-old and just want to grab everything and yes, stick yes, it in their little pockets. Yes. I bet you had a very yeah. different experience with cleavers because cleavers, I don't know about where you are, but it is everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> you know, cleavers is an interesting, an interesting plant for me. I was drawn to that. Um, for an entire month before my appointment. And as strange as it's going to sound, as common as cleavers is, I had not used it very much to that point. I did not drink it. I did not use it as a tincture. I just was drawn to it. And for a month, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And the day of my bodywork appointment, I knew I had to take cleavers with me. So I, I found some and I gathered it up. I took it with me to my appointment. I laid it on the table there in the room with us, and that was enough for it to be medicine. Mm-hmm. And the work that it came and did that I wrote about, you know, in my heart. And also um, with my lymph in the back of my head and how it mm-hmm. also helped open my gallbladder um, was extraordinary. And so the, the following month, I began to use the, the tincture more. But, it, yeah, of course, you can gather that up and wear the crowns and drink the infusion and use the tincture and and now cleavers is a steady companion especially if certain physical symptoms come now a word from thomas easley about the journal of functional herbalism the journal of functional herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional western herbalism clinical nutrition and functional medicine It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. 
That was one of the ones I was, I was so thankful that you put that one in your book because that's another one of the ones that grows in my yard like crazy. And it's just increased. And when I first moved in my house about a decade ago, we moved in, um, the landlord actually lived here. They, they had bought the house, spent a couple of years re remodeling, re everything. And then they decided they were going to move somewhere else and they rented it to us. And it was like cleavers everywhere. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh, maybe he had um, kidney problems or something, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then it just never went away. In fact, it got more and more and more. We've got so much cleavers it's ridiculous. I mean, my, my dog goes out every year. And at this point, um, even in the middle of the winter, he'll come in with at least a couple of little cleaver burrs on him, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> all year round he's picking up the cleavers and taking them into my house. And I never, I've thought about it, but I hadn't really thought about it. And after reading what you wrote about cleavers, I thought, you know, one of the things that happens with myself, with my family is that we pick up all this stuff. We're like sponges and then we come home and we feel cruddy. And then the cleavers is just like gently taking it out Like you don't have to feel all that stuff that you picked up that was actually everybody else's stuff. We'll just take that out for you. Yes. And that's what she did. And that's such a beautiful thing. You don't have to carry everybody else's stuff. And that's one of the things that I, you know, had to learn and integrate with the healing, with the abuse and the trauma was this isn't mine. Like his actions are not mine. His feelings are not mine. His mind is not mine. You know, this isn't mine, you know? And um, so that is a beautiful way to put it. And I think sometimes recognizing that boundary for folks who have, who either have experienced trauma or families that have, I mean, like I come from a family that, you know, was based out in Poland during the Nazi occupation and they moved here. And I mean, the Mm -hmm. family itself, we, our family, our ancestors have gone through all this trauma and it, it gets passed down. I mean, you may not want to pass it down. It just is. It's like, you can't not pass down the genes for brown hair, you know, or Mm -hmm. whatever you've got. Some of that trauma is part of it. And I think that's part of why Cleavers is here in my space too. Yes. And that makes me think of another plant that's not in the book. (laughs) And and that's Daisy. Um, Daisy came to me and I've offered it to others as a plant for that trauma, for the trauma that's passed from our ancestors. Are you talking oxide Daisy? Yes, oxide Daisy. Okay. Thank you. Sorry. Yes, our little, yes, our little, little lawn daisy um, came. I was expecting my sixth child and it was in the middle of the thick of the remembering. Mm-hmm. And I was already aware of the ancestry, you mm-hmm. know, and just so much. Like I just knew like the book stops here. This, yeah. this stops here. And I was doing a journey with one of my teachers, Asia Suler of One Little Apothecaries in Asheville, North Carolina. And I was about eight or nine months pregnant. And I'd never worked with Daisy before. I mean, what in the world? What is, where have I been? <laughs> and she came and she swirled around my belly. And... um I ended up making a daisy oil and I rubbed it all over my belly um, through the end of that pregnancy. And as I 
you know, studied and read more and worked with her and journeyed with her, um, I know that the daisy, like, protected my daughter. Like, I know my sixth child does not have to carry, you know, these things. And um, when I've been at workshops where I have had people ask me, well, you know, what about my children? You know, I know that parts of this trauma have passed on to my children. You know, I'll offer Daisy as a flower essence, as an oil um, to help heal ancestral trauma. Because, you know, it has all that connection to children and innocence. And it was traditionally used, you know, as a birth medicine and um, just that connection to infancy and birth and innocence. So just offering that, too, as um a medicine for that that trauma that we receive from our past and that we don't want to offer to the future. Yeah. Well, imagine when you are writing this that because the writing itself, as healing as it is, it's also very difficult. Did you yes. spend time with each of those plants while you're writing about it as well? After, I mean, you're talking about a memory. Or was there uh, one that you kept with you particularly to help you with the writing? I kept Rose with me often to help with the writing because I needed my heart to be comforted when I was writing. And um, I spent a lot of time sitting with Tulip Poplar mm -hmm. um, while I was writing because um, I needed, again, the comfort for my heart because Tulip Poplar is, again, you know, an excellent heart medicine and um borage which i don't write about in the book but i needed courage mm -hmm. i really did i mean i just had to keep supporting my heart yeah. so um sometimes i would take a few drops of one of the plants you know as i was writing but often i had other plants with me to comfort me while i wrote because i actually the reason I was even able to write the book is because as I started to remember and as the plants started to come, I started to journal because it was so beautiful. I didn't want to forget. And then one day I was, you know, doing whatever it was I was doing. And it just came into my mind, clear as a bell. Amanda, you know, that's your book. Like you always knew from the time you were small, you were going to write and that's your book. So I pulled out my journal and started, you know, looking to see how to express it and how to put it together. Nice. That mm -hmm. is definitely a gift. I think yeah, it was a gift to record it. Yeah, and I think that's part of the pain and beauty of trauma is that if you can grow through it, you can find wisdom in it, and then you can offer that to others. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. It's and then it it doesn't feel wasted, you yeah. know, and it's and it redeems it like ladies mantle, yes. you know, um, because it takes what's dark and it transforms it into light. Um, and, you know, we need that transformation. So, yes, like to heal and then to offer the medicine back out. I almost feel like, if you know what I mean, I'm, this might not be the best way to word it, but like mm -hmm. I won, you know, like. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't keep it dark. You didn't keep me dark. It's not secret. It's not ugly. It's it's being transformed into something beautiful and useful and healing, and it's being redeemed. And so that's yeah. my lady mantle. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly. I mean, it isn't. It's you won. You won in that battle in this lifetime. You won that yeah. battle for your all of your ancestors of the past and yeah. all the future yet to come. You won it for yeah. so in so many ways, so many yeah. levels. I think the um, thing that is has been important to me in my own healing is remembering that even the Buddha had to learn compassion. And without yes. compassion, which is earned the hard way, then yes. you, you, you can't be a healer. No, and it's you can't have empathy or compassion for others if you can't imagine how it feels. Mm-hmm. And often we're only able to imagine how it feels if we've suffered. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't be an herbalist without the miscarriages that I had or without the sexual abuse. I mean, that's not required to be an herbalist. <laughs> no. But, you know, everybody yeah. has to heal. I remember being yeah. a midwifery student and they would say, you have to learn to midwife yourself. Yeah. And I did. And um, the same, I think, is true with herbalism. You know, we have to do our own healing work. And I think that's really how I've most come to learn the plants is not through books or even my very excellent teachers or maybe even the clients, although they teach me so much. But some of my most intimate knowledge of the plants, you know, is my own healing. Yeah, I think having that playful, open mind is so key to healing and to learning and all of that. And and just mentioning the playful open mind for anybody who's wondering what, you know, plants might be in the book. Zinnia is in the book and you know, you can't really find a lot about Zinnia. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I looked, it was hard, but Zinnia is there, you know, for that playfulness because I realized after that particular session when Zinnia came, that um, I just lost my childhood. I didn't play um, and I hadn't played in a long time and I needed to play. And so after the Zinnia appointment and after Zinnia came, I actually purposefully would go to playgrounds and I would hang on the monkey bars and I would swing on the swings. And I told my husband, I want to try to do cartwheels. You know, will you spot me? And um, I even went and bought some, toys because that you know they've been bringing out like vintage toys oh yeah <laughs> you know? yeah that's and always I, a scary I word <laughs> up some of them and found some that I had had when I was small like to give to myself and just to be playful again and I do think we you know we have to be open to the plants for them to not even just you know teach us to play in that way where I I need to play I didn't play but um to be playful with them and how they're going to teach us and how to interact and, you know, let our, let ourselves be like children and have imaginations and yeah. let the stories and the images come and let in the songs and just let the world like be colorful. Really, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which Zinnia is, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much for sharing that the experiences with us and our readers, our listeners, um, who will soon be readers of your book, Flowers for a Girl. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can visit my website, which is www.alchemillas.com. That's A-L-C-H-E-M-I-L-L-A-S, the Latin name for Ladies Mantle. And then alchemillas at gmail.com. 
and there's a a link on the website for the book or you can go to Amazon or Lulu and it's there nice well um, listeners uh, we have all of these links in our show notes which is on the Practical Herbalist and we really are grateful to have had the privilege of speaking with you today Amanda um, yep. and I I I'm crossing my fingers for your success in the book, and I know that your students are really going to enjoy what you have to offer them. Thank you. Thank you for letting me talk about the medicine. Thank you. Our pleasure. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.